Hello, I'm Owen Lane and welcome to the On The Bench podcast, where I take a look at a selection of junior football teams around Tayside and Fife that all have an impact on their local communities. This first episode in the series will see us look at Dundee Violet and the impact they have on the local community of Blocky in Dundee. I spoke to Marco, one of the coaches at the club, about how much the club help out in the local community and also the impact current COVID restrictions on Dundee Violet. So, the first one is, how did you get involved in your current role in the club? Um, I was invited in uh, by uh, the manager, uh, Andy Heggie. Uh, Andy had known me for, for a wee while and asked me to get on board of the club in a coaching capacity. Um, and from then, uh, that happened in December, December 2019, uh, so not that long ago. Um, and it's just through personal contacts, really, knowing each other through football over a number of years, and uh, that's how I got involved with the club. Have you always wanted to play a role in the running of a football team? Yes, is the answer to that. Ever since I was, I've played football since I was six-year-old, five, six-year-old. I love being in a football environment, going to football with my dad or with my uncle and being around older generations in football, adult uh-huh. football. Since a young, young age, it's just it's been a part of my life, and I've always known I would, I would uh, miss my football. I was never part of it. I've never went a year, I've never went a month, never mind a year actually, <laughs> without being involved in a football club. So, no, it's a massive part of my life, has a massive impact on, on my mental health and my happiness. So, the opportunity to come to Dundee Violet was one that, knowing that the, the history of the club, it's an absolutely massive club, it's the only club this side of the, the, the day in Dundee that's won the Scottish Cup, so to be part of a club of massive history and heritage is uh, something I, I couldn't really turn down, so I was very grateful for, for becoming involved. How much of an impact do you think the club has on the local community? Over the years, to be honest with you, the club has, has lost its way with the community. That's something that Andy and uh, the rest of the committee, including Brian Coots, have really conscious of about wanting to get the club back involved at the heart of the community. The last couple of years or so there's been a lot of joined up work and fundraising done, working with the sheltered housing complexes and that's given the club again a taster of, of, of getting back out there and it's given community members a taster of the club and uh, knowing that, that, that they're still here. The last nine months or so, uh, nine, ten months, we've had a, a real drive to get back involved with the community and uh, mm. put its community members at the heart of everything that's doing. We are in the process at the minute of restructuring the club and do things in partnership with local agencies. That's education, which includes primary and secondary schools, support services, community learning development, social work, police, sheltered housing and various other organisations and professionals to redevelop the Glenis Park so that it's fit for community purpose. We're looking at things like supporting families with learning independent life skills, uh, basic skills in terms of things like cooking, budgeting, where, where families may, may struggle. Uh, we understand as well that a lot of these families may struggle for childcare issues, so we're in discussion with, again, with local agencies and professionals where if childcare is an issue, well, we'll be able to, well, we hope to be able to provide a service that caters for that. So perhaps when the adults are, are in, the parents are in learning, uh, are, are taking part in programmes and activities, that we'll be able to provide creches or childcare uh, programmes through community learning development, youth work teams, generational work. That, that's, there's discussions going on at the minute with 
the Shetland Housing Complex is another vo elderly folk within within the local area to come in and give their own time uh, to volunteer and support the children of these families so they're being looked after and they're also taking part in sort of informal fun learning and the football club again is wanting to be part of that so what we're what we're hoping to do is people who are coming into the facility local community members who are being encouraged to do so and the football club is looking to give out free season tickets to to children and uh, so they can come along on a saturday again be part of that culture uh, it's something that's safe that's fun for them and yeah it, something that puts a smile on their face at the end of the day so there's a lot of work going on here at the minute we haven't been as active over the last few years as maybe other clubs have been, but we've got a real desire to, to get up there and do things, not in isolation, but in partnership with, like I said, the various agencies and organisations, but also do things in partnership with other football clubs, because we believe that there's just strength in numbers that way and to do joined up working. So football clubs come together and they're not working in isolation. Yeah. And, and there's discussions going on about that just now, because we have got good relationships with the likes of Lockheed United and Lockheed Harp and things like that. So... Hopefully that's something we could build on yeah. uh, in the coming years. The club feels like it has a good and kind of devoted kind of fan base. How integral are the fans to the team? Without the fans, the club doesn't exist. That's a very difficult thing at the minute uh, because of uh, coronavirus. The fans can't come into the facility to, to support us. Obviously, they're, they're the bloodline for the club financially. And without them, we, we don't know how we're going to be able to survive. And we'll not be the only club that's feeling that. Uh, we're all wanting football to return as quickly as possible. Not just so financially and get things going again, but also for the mental health of those that are involved with the football club. And that includes the supporters because people miss their football. It's something at the end of the week that we've got a devout fan base here yeah. um, of uh, young and old that look forward to coming along on Saturday and being involved, just watching the match. But being involved in the build-up to the match, being involved in the what goes on after the games, uh, meeting players, meeting the manual, having a chat, discussing the game. That's been something that's been long-standing within this company. We've got a, a great heritage for that. Football's yeah. been a massive part of people's lives. So without the fans, yeah, we like any other club are really, really going to yeah. struggle. Of course, uh, because of COVID-19, you haven't had fans coming back since, like, mm -hmm. before lockdown. How much of a blow is it to the club that fans can't be back at the ground yet due to the newer kind of COVID restrictions that the First Minister announced a couple of weeks ago? It's preventing us from realistically beginning the league like any other club because it's the financial impact. Supporters bring in, bring in money, pay, they pay the gate, hospitality is another big big income for, for smaller clubs at this end of the pyramid um, or the system. We rely on that money to be able to pay our players and we rely on that to also cover costs, gas, electric, water, whatever else that may be. So again, without them, there's probably little to no way in terms of being able to exist, really. We are looking at alternatives to that. Um, we rely heavily on our sponsors. Uh, we rely heavily on fundraising. We are looking to push ahead and get in terms of getting community involvement. So actually our facilities will be able to house people to come in and, and take part in learning programmes and things like that. And hopefully that would open up avenues for us to be able to cover. As long as we're covering our costs, we don't care. That's the main thing. We cover our costs so the football can come back and also community members can come back into the club and take part in the programmes that we want mm -hmm. to offer them. Uh, yeah. Which, although we're talking about the football returning, we're very, very conscious that there's people that are struggling at the minute. There's people that need extra support, particularly at this time, particularly surrounding mental health. And the football club, we feel that we are in one of the most important positions to be able to support people. So not only do we want the facility open for football, we want it open for the community members. And finally, how do you feel the club has been supported and able to continue to run during the pandemic? Good question. Um, we, I think what this has done around the local football clubs uh, has brought us closer together. 
Um, there's been great dialogue and communication with other junior football clubs around the local area in terms of what we're doing in regards to regulations for COVID and where, where we can go, what we can do, what we can't do to get football back up and running. So that side of things, I think it's been really, really positive. On a, on a larger national scale, It's there, there's been good lines of communication with the Scottish Junior Football Association, the Scottish Football Association, and it appears to be that they're working really closely with the Scottish Government to try and support clubs. We're conscious of that, we're grateful for that, and we understand that things are really, really difficult at the time. There's not just a responsibility on the Scottish Government or the Scottish Football Association, but there's a responsibility on us as football clubs as well to be to be working together with everybody. So as much as, yes, we rely on the bigger organisations, we have to also be able to rely on each other. Um, mm. And we're not shirking away from that responsibility. We feel, as a football club, that we're doing everything we can within the regulations and we'll try and support the development of those. So should we be returning to football, it's done so in a safe way because the last thing we want to do is jeopardise anybody's health. Football is a game at the end of the day, but it does have a wider impact on people's life and we are so keen to get it back up and running, but it has to be done safely. So, yeah, we feel that the support is there. There has, one thing I probably should have said, actually, there's been a big thing recently in terms of mental health, uh, huge uh, suicide rates in Dundee. I've, 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 I think Dundee's one of the highest in the UK for, for young men and suicide rates. So that's something as a club, actually, that we're recognising. We've been really well supported by the ESGFA um, in terms of us wanting to promote that and, and actually do a seminar or a, a, a chat, a talk with a specialised agency to come in and, and, and have that conversation with our players. And that's something we'd like to offer in a partnership out to other yeah. football clubs should they want to do that. So there's that side of it as well. It's not just the financial aspect. It's actually recognising the wider issues such as mental health and the impact that the, the COVID-19 has had on that. So no, we feel the support is there. The community lines of communication are there. And without that, then I don't think, we think we'd be in a worse place. So no, there's been positive things that have certainly came out of that and it's brought people closer together. So yeah. hopefully we'll continue to build on that. A huge thank you to Marco from Dundee Violet for the warm welcome I received at the club and letting me interview him. And also a big thanks to AJ Stavino for letting me use their shirt rough and ready. You have been listening to the first episode of the On The Bench podcast with me, Owen Lane. In the next episode, I'll be taking a look at another junior team, Lockie United. Until then, goodbye.